just jumping in really quickly at the start of today's episode to tell you about some upcoming opportunities to see us live in the flesh. And you can see us live at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2024. We are doing three live podcasts on Sundays at 3.30 at Basement Comedy Club, April 7, 14 and 21. You can get tickets at dogoonpod.com. Matt, you're also doing some shows around the country. That's right. I'm doing shows with Saren Jaimana, who's been on the show before. We're going to be in Perth in January, Adelaide in February, Melbourne through the festival in April and then Brisbane after that. I'm also doing Who Knew It's in Perth and Adelaide. Uh, Details for all that stuff at mattstewartcomedy.com. Hello and welcome to Do Go On, a show where we like to talk about something and we is me, Dave Warnicky, and I'm here with the other two-thirds of the we with Matt Stewart. I'm one-third of the we. The other third of the we <laughs> is Jess Perkins. Third we. You are the third we. No, that's kind I of saved, I saved the best we for last. <laughs> It's like yeah, just before bed we, yeah. or, or the oh, morning the w- after we, or the one after like you've, you're out the shops and you're walking home after the train <laughs> station. It's been ages since you've seen a toilet, and wee. you're like, oh, I need to wee. Oh, yeah. guys, and then you have that moment of ah. Oh. I've got a wee story. Yeah, I think I um. Go on. So I was doing my silly little uh, world record show at the uh, Falls Festival over New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and in the show, um, me and a couple other comedian guys like to break made up world records but the only record i feel i actually broke for the whole festival was uh when you because it's a camping festival and they don't didn't have any like um toilets there so you had to use portaloos and i had this situation where every time you pee um like it was onto a paddle and then it would get to a certain weight and then it would dip and I would sure. just keep dipping. And everyone was comp- counting how many dips they were getting. Everyone's like, yeah, five, six. And I'm like, I got 11. <laughs> <laughs> 11 dips. And then the other guys in my camp and these people that we'd made friends with in the camp didn't really believe me. So I'm like, uh, and I was a bit drunk. And I'm like, that's it. So I drank a couple of beers and like held on to the last possible second. And I'm like, that's it. We're going to the Bordeloo. <laughs> and I rounded up like seven people. And they watched you pee. And we just left the door open. And then they just counted out mm. triumphantly every time mm. it did the dip. <laughs> One. Two. I got 14 dips. Oh, that's great. So, it's more impressive if you realise that you are only doing like six or seven. So, I don't know. This pr- it's probably a medical issue. But I'm I got so f- disappointed I wasn't there. I, that's um, right at my alley. I would have found that so entertaining. It was really fun. I reckon I could have done more. Do you reckon? Yeah. Right, well, we'll find out. Well, let's get a portaloo. Let's yeah. go to a building work, like work site. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, we'll pause this now. Yeah. And we'll be back. You guys again. go. I'll just do the report. You guys go do that. Just talk to no one. Yeah. It's probably more fun that way for me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Matt, let's get out of here. Let's it's go early for a piss on a paddle. <laughs> the paddle pisses. Yeah, the paddle piss it's boys. It's unfair that women, pregnant women get to do all the paddle pissing. What about our chance? You piss on a paddle to find out if you're pregnant oh, or not, Oh, that's what you mean by paddle. Okay, I'm with you. It's a stick, but righto. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we? Well, what we... The the Paddle Piss Club, <laughs> as we have now been... No, I like Paddle Piss Boys, and I'm okay with being a, one of the boys. All right, Paddle Piss Boys. It sounds like a crime-fighting trio. What we do on this show is we uh, write a report about something, 
can be where you're related, and it might not be at all. Who knows? And uh, it is Jess's turn to report to Matt and I on something we don't know what you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Jess, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And we always start with a question. That is right. So my question this week to you lads is, who would you say is the biggest pop act of... Mm, probably, I was going to say of the 90s, but it branched into the 2000s as well. Madonna. So. No. Oh, so not Madge. Okay. Britney. Um, not Britney. Michael Jackson was still having some hits in the 90s. It is big in the 80s, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. It's a group. Oh, Backstreet Destiny's Boys. Charles? No. Uh, Backstreet Boys. Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Spice Girls. I love them. We are talking about the Spice Girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's walking at the car wash. What am I talking about? Anyway. I think before you go too far into this, everyone has to say who their favorite Spice Girl is. Of course. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty hard to say. No, I've definitely got a favorite. Yep. Me, Mel C, Sporty Spice Sporty for spice. Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, scary Spice Man over here. Yeah, being oh, scary. I'm LB. See, I was uh, I was uh, on the fence. I kind of actually. Do you know what? I wanted to be Sporty Spice because I was a sporty kid, believe it or not. Oh, so but was I, and I still am I, a sporty okay. kid. You weigh fifty-two kilos. <laughs> the tennis racket is heavy for you. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> table tennis is a challenge. I'll take I'll take the criticism on board. I will I really will? Um, so I think I told myself I liked Sporty Spice, but definitely a baby Spice Girl. A baby, oh, definitely that's cool. a baby. Yep, I. Who do Emma you think Bunt. would win in a fight to the death? Scary. She's, she's scary but sporty. Have you seen her do those backflips? Yeah, but, and I've got a, it's a fun fact from later. Oh, great. But no, no, don't ruin your fun facts okay. now. All Please, right. we'll call back to oh, that later. Oh, man, back to now it. I'm hanging out for fun facts already. See? Man. Oh, were you, so you, were you big into the Spice Girls, Jess? Um, oh, well, that's the thing. So they sort of started in the early 90s and I was born in 90s. So when they first started, I was kind of a bit too young for them. They so, started in the early 90s. I didn't know no, they went that far what, back. Yeah. Wannabe is their first single. Was that 95? 96, maybe? yeah. So I was six years old. Yeah, so you can right. still appreciate the Oh, for sure. And I definitely liked them, but I wasn't. Fanatic. I wasn't huge on them. And I think what's kind of interesting about this is a lot of the topics that we do is like things that I know about, but I don't know how much I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's been mm. kind of nice to like look at how they started and everything like that. So that's what we're going to do now. Oh, man. I'm excited. I really do enjoy the music of the Spice Girls. You know, there are different kinds of nod. There's, uh, there's known knowns. Things you know, you know. <laughs> there are, this is like, a, this is an ing- like uh, not ing- uh, George Bush... Era um, report that came out about uh, the war, uh, about the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. There are known knowns, things we know we know. There are unknown knowns. Mm -hmm. Things we know we don't know. And then there's unknown unknowns, Mm. things we don't know we don't know. Okay, well, as I go. That is the scariest part of this report. (laughs) As I go through this, you can tell me what level of known it is. Yeah. How about that? Where was Posh hiding that weapon of mass destruction? That's what I want to know. That's Mm. what we all want. That's a big question. And will we get to it by the end of the show? Mm. No. Find out on this episode of Do Go On. Okay, so I'll uh, start with their formation. Seems like a logical place to start. Mm-hmm. So in the mid-90s, there was this management team made up of Bob Herbert, Chris Herbert, and Lindsay Caspin. Um, and they set about creating a girl group to compete with all the popular boy bands that were really dominating the music scene at the time. So you've got um, bands like Take That, East 17, um, big big groups that were really dominating. All right, all right, everything's going to be all right, all right, all right. It's going to be all right. right. Is that A17? You better bloody hope so. Oh, <laughs> Me too. 
<sighs> so in February of '94, Heart Management, which was which was these these three, plus they got uh, financier whose name was Chick Murphy, great name. So Feb '94, they placed an ad in the Stage, which was a trade magazine, asking. This is what the uh, the ad said. It said, "Wanted? Are you?" And that's literally letter R, letter U. Saving money, if they pay per smart, letter. Smart. 18 to 23 with the ability to sling, sing slash dance. Oh, I was up until a couple of years ago. Are you, still are you, streetwise, outgoing, ambitious and dedicated? Yes. Heart management are a, a widely successful music industry management consortium. Hello. Currently forming a choreographed, singing, dancing, all-female pop act for a recording deal. Open audition. Mm. Wow. Oh, and did it say, but it did say female, did it? It's an all-female group, yes. Damn, Matt. And I've got the songs that the uh, that the girls sang at their auditions. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... so you, what was the, the brief? You had to bring in a song, do a dance? You had to bring either um, sheet music so that you could be accompanied on a piano or a backing cassette. Oh, I would have brought a cassette because I am new school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not messing around. But then again, maybe some of that old school, you know. Anyway, mm. Victoria Adams, as she was known. Adams, not Beckham. She sang um, Mine Her, which is like a well-known cabaret song. Mine Her. It sounds like a Nazi song. It's quite... Mein Kampf. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. of. Um, What's mine? How do you spell mine? M-E-I-N. All right. Um, Mel B, Scary Spice. She sang Greatest Love of All. Mel C sang I'm So Excited. I'm so Mm excited. So what's Mel B stand for? Brown. 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 And Melanie Chisholm. That's right. Very good. Um, now, so patronising, I'm sorry. Very good. Which is um, my favourite. I should know my last name. Do you have, you have sis, like, did you get, yeah, so I've, I've got, got a, a younger sister who's about Jess's age and she was, and she was all, she was all about Spice, Spice yeah, Girls. So yeah, I have a sister who's three years older, so she's sort of eight when the first song comes perfect. out. And that's just perfect, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, or yeah. nine. So, so you were probably exposed to it a lot more. See, I had, I have a brother who's seven years older than me, so I would have been... At that age, trying to be like him, I was. That's when I was really idolising him. So I did everything he did. So I probably didn't listen to the Spice Girls as much. You were more of an E seventeen kind of boy. Yeah, like Metallica. What he was really into at the time. Um, okay, so so I'm so excited. That's Mel C. <laughs> um, Jerry Halliwell uh, saw the ad, but went skiing in Spain and missed the audition because her face was sunburnt. She didn't want to go to the audition with a sunburnt face. Oh. So she originally um, didn't even audition. Okay. Yeah, she sort of came in later in the process. So they go through this big process. I think they had something like 400 people up, um, turn up at the audition. Wow. It doesn't even feel like that many, though, does it? 400. 400. That's a lot of people to whittle it down to five. If you're a, From an ad in a paper. But if you think about Australian Idol, they have thousands of people. But that goes that. up on social media. That's, you know, and, and yeah, that's no, a TV yeah, program. Yeah, so that's this what I'm saying. This is... Obviously, it's a bit smaller scale, but if you if you did a search now, you'd get thousands of people. Yeah, that's yeah. True. But, but from some, a newspaper ad, it wouldn't. But just I guess be put in a also these days they'd send a YouTube link and you'd be like, next, exactly. next, next. Exactly. You four hundred people, they Turning can't just up. walk in and you go. Like they probably instantly know who they don't want, and it's an open audition. They can't say, "Don't bother singing your song, mate." You don't have to get your agent to book the audition for you. It's an open audition. Anybody turns up on the street. So it's bas- it is pretty much what Australian Idol or X Factor yeah, or something is, but without the TV cameras. But I think it's hard to be a band formed on one of those shows 
and still be big because you're sort of seen as a joke band from the start. Mm, yeah, that's right. Whereas these, although these guys, isn't that huge boy band now? One came, Direction. They came from one of the. They came from one of those shows, I believe. Yes, they did. Yeah, but they didn't win. Didn't they? No, right. they came, I think they came third. Oh, okay. And then they've made more money than all of those acts. So anyway, and so have we talked about Baby Spice's song? Uh, no, because she uh, she did audition, but she was too young. Emma Bunton. So she actually was about... How old was she? 18. The others are like 19, 20. Oh, well, to be fair, they did say 18 to 23 open They did. Audition. Oh, no, no, but I think... Uh, I, no, sorry, but I don't think she made it through or or was offered it and wasn't sure. Something like that. Okay, so have other people been chosen then? Yes. So they oh, whittle it down brutal. into Stuart groups. Sutcliffe for- yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there is a Stuart Sutcliffe kind of person. So really? this is the the final five by um, by the time they've they've whittled it all down. So you've got the two Mel's, Mel Chisholm, Mel Brown. You got Victoria Adams, uh, Jerry Halliwell, and Michelle Stevenson. Ever <laughs> heard of Michelle Stevenson? No one has. Oh no! What was well, she? What, what kind of spice is she going to be? I don't know. Aver- I don't know. Average spice. Average spice. <laughs> Do you know um, what Salt. they were originally called? Oh, I read this recently. Um, no, I don't know. It's a great a different name. They were called Touch. Oh, that's gross. So creepy, right? And they moved into this big house together. <laughs> Hold on, but they were going to be like, you, we're all different types of touch. I'm sensual touch. Well, that's I'm it. creepy touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unwanted touch. <laughs> I'm Uncle Jeff touch. <laughs> what? Sorry, Uncle Jeff. Um, <laughs> do you have an Uncle Jeff? Oh, I do. No, <laughs> oh, lovely. Did do did you get onto where they the spice names came yes. from? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll it, get to it, that in it, it wasn't. I don't think it was the band themselves that came up with them. It wasn't. It, those names were sort of given to them, I and s- they just stuck. I'm not surprised at, at all. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. So yeah, those are five. So of them. Michelle Stevenson Michelle is number Stevenson. five. They move into a house. Um, for the spring and summer, they're rehearsing all the time. Um, I think the house was owned by one of the management people. So they've all moved in together. Um, now it sounds like um, Geordie Shore or something. Yeah, they've it's combined like all a, these reality shows without cameras. It's yeah. so strange. So the Mel's shared a room too, the, uh, the two Mel's, Scary Spice and Sports And the Spice. others had their own rooms. Um, Victoria Beckham and Michelle Stevenson shared a room. Jerry Halliwell had a little room to herself. So how did she get in if she didn't audition? She did Michelle. No, or Jerry. Jerry. Jerry eventually. So she missed the original auditions, and then I think at like second or third level, she'd she'd contacted she, them again and was like, "Can I please come and audition?" And she did, and did really well. Look, I'm not sunburned anymore. I've been skiing. Yeah, I'm. I've travelled. I'm well travelled. Right. So they're all rehearsing. I'm well travelled. Well travelled. Um, <laughs> Me llamo Jerry Helliwell. <laughs> Spanish for you guys. <laughs> Um, so it soon became apparent that Michelle Stevenson did not have the drive and belief that the rest of the group did. That's how they worded it. Didn't have the drive and belief. She just wasn't fitting in. She wasn't gelling with the rest of the group. Was Posh bullying her? This is so brutal. You'll love this. So um, <laughs> Matt, Matt loves brutality. So Bob Herbert, so one of the managers, he said she just wasn't fitting in. She'd never have gelled with it and I had to let her go. However, Michelle has turned around um, – Later and stated that her de- it was her decision to leave the group. She's like, no, it was my decision to go because of the illness of her mother, who was diagnosed with breast cancer, which is a perfectly reasonable excuse to leave. But then Victoria Adams Beckham later dismissed that claim, saying she just couldn't be asked to put in the work. <laughs> oh, slammed her. Oh, 
Imagine if the, the story about the cancer is true. Well, yeah, that's... See, hey, that's Matt, what she said, but Matt, it was just a she's story. Just gonna, are you going to believe some woman called Michelle Stevenson or Posh Spice? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Come on. So Posh Mich- just wanted a room to her, uh, herself. No, fair enough. So Michelle Stevenson is, is the first Stuart Sutcliffe. And there's another Stuart Sutcliffe in, oh, in no. the Spice Girls history because... Michelle Sutcliffe, um, yeah. his, his granddaughter. Pe- is this a Pete Best, maybe? This is a Pete Best. These um, are all Beatles people if you haven't heard our episode about the Beatles. Yeah, listen to the Beatles. I have a thing for British bands, obviously. Um, so the, the management team, the Herberts, they searched for a replacement and first came across Abigail Kiss, who sang a soul song to the management, and two days later she was selected. They're like, you're great, you're going to fit in wonderfully. But she decided not to join the band, here we go, because she was too young and didn't want to have problems with her boyfriend having to live with the girls for a month. One month! Um, Do we know how things worked out with her and her boyfriend? I hope it ended badly, like two weeks later. Or I hope they got married and then the Spice Girls did really well, and then it just sort of slowly ate away at her. <laughs> and it's her own fault for being. I hope she spineless. lived a great life and she's really well adjusted. Nah, she had fuck her. She had, fuck you, Abigail. Abigail. She, she had her first Abigail. wedding dance to a Spice Girls song, uh, What You Want or something. To Become One. To Become One. What, what You Want? What you oh, wa- I don't know what I want. Don't That's, That's wannabe. Wannabe. Uh, more no, like, fuck you, Abigail. More like Abigail kiss millions of pounds goodbye. Yeah, grow a pair. <laughs> Tell your boyfriend to fuck off if he's not going to let you follow your dreams for a month. Oh, the boyfriend stopped her. Well, she. Well, that's sort of the reason. She's oh. like, I don't want to have problems with my boyfriend. Oh, that's not good. Well, get a better, less possessive, uh, creepy boyfriend. You listen to Wannabe. Yeah, if you want to be my lover, you got to get, get with, with my, my friends. friends. Oh, boy. Yeah, and he was not into that at he all. He was not into that at all. So she goes, no, thank you. So then the Herberts were then led to So 18. why did you audition, Abigail? Anyway. Sorry, I don't think Emma Bunton did audition. I'm sorry. I think I got that wrong before. When I was thinking of Too Young, I think I was thinking of Abigail because um, they were led to Emma Bunton at the suggestion of a vocal coach whose name was Peppy Lemmer. <laughs> Great name. Um so she was. Uh, she instantly impressed the the Herberts, and um, she came and met the rest of the group in July of 1994. Who apparently just welcomed her with open arms. Absolutely loved they her. They liked her. Jerry Halliwell said straight away, "I knew she was the one." Isn't that nice? Aww. I knew she was one the of one. the five. The one <coughs> of the five. Right. So that's in um, that's in July of 94. So then they're all rehearsing, you know, working on all sorts of things. And then in March of 95, I've just got to know: Is Emma Bunton? In the same room as Posh. I don't know. I don't, what are I don't the sleeping think they, I don't arrangements? Think they I think they were living together. I think they were. How, they, mu- how much has their lives been shaken up by the, the passing of <laughs> Michelle Stevenson? They, I don't think they have to, had to live together Mom. forever. <laughs> Great. Okay. So they're kicking at large now. There's the five, the Fab Five. So we get to 1995 and they start to get a bit frustrated with the management and their unwillingness to listen to their visions and ideas. So this management group has created them and then the Spice Girls turn on the management group. And they're like, we want, we want more control over. And then they're all like, wow, we should have got Michelle Stevenson. She wouldn't have got together this revolution. She was, she was lazy. lazy. <laughs> She's too lazy. <laughs> She's too lazy to rebel. She would have done what we said. Damn so it. they they parted ways with them. They they bailed. Got rid of the management. Got rid of them. And to ensure they kept control of their own work, the group allegedly stole the master recordings of their discography from the management offices. Just when did it, so when this before they before they they didn't even have a record label they didn't have anything oh they were just God. kind of working on stuff. Well, I imagine that that management group sued later on and got a lot of cash, right? No, no. Oh my God! All right. 
And that same day that they stole those and bailed on the uh, on the heart management, they tracked down Sheffield-based producer Elliot Kennedy, who'd been they'd had this showcase. Um, earlier in the year, or so I think towards the end of the year. I imagine it's just like a shitty shopping centre or something. Yeah, I don't know. They like invited a whole bunch of uh, producers and stuff like that down. So this guy, Elliot, had been at, at their showcase and they pursued, uh, persuaded him to work with them. As a, As a producer. producer. And, yeah, go with that. So Elliot Kennedy. That's kind of cool. Um, so then I think we all remember where we were on the 7th of July, 1996, <laughs> when the Spice Girls released their debut single, Wannabe, in the UK. Oh, what? So they obviously got a record label as yeah, well and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So they went from there. So 96, Wannabe comes out and it was an instant hit. was aired up to 70 times a week at its peak. That's 10 times a day. Oh, aired on, on TV? On TV. On wow. one, clip. Oh, wow. on one station? I'm presuming You're not. talking about worldwide because worldwide, no, that's, that's not that much. No, that's just in the UK. That's just in the UK. How many music stations do they have there? They have like 100 a there and that's not that many times per day. I think she's talking about film clip though, film not radio, not, not like radio. BBC Radio. But yeah, I'm saying them, if they got like M- MTV One. Okay, MTV but this two. is like '96. Yeah, there were less options. You're being a shithead. I know. I like. Yeah, that's <laughs> isn't that not clear? Ah, <laughs> uh, you've got uh, V, <laughs> V Two. They didn't have Foxtel in '96 in Rage. the UK. They got Sky. Anyway, music. The song entered the charts at number three. Before moving up to number one the following week and staying there for seven weeks. Boom. Want to be sat at number one for seven weeks. Pretty good, Matt, for a debut single. Proved to be a global hit, hitting number one in 37 countries. Whoa. Becoming not only the biggest selling debut single by an all-female group, but also the biggest selling single by an all-female group of all time. So Want to be is... The biggest selling... Biggest selling by an all-female group of all time. Time. Cop that, Bananarama. Oh, don't cop that, Bananarama. Nah, cop that. Nah, cop Cop it. Um, So, riding the wave of the publicity and hype, there's just so much happening around them at the time. They released their next singles in the UK and Europe. So, in October, Say You'll Be There was released, topping the charts at number one for two weeks. And in December, Two Become One was released, becoming their first Christmas number one. I need somebody like I've never needed love before. Wanna make love to you, baby. I had a little love. Oh, my God. I don't know. I thought we promised the listeners no singing on this episode. Make your spirit free. Set your spirit free. It's the only way to be. I I really didn't think I was going to get that far, but I reckon I have a lot of Spice Girls in my brain. That's impressive. That's very good. Are you going to do Two Become One? When Two Become One, I need some love. All right, here we go. I once heard. Wait, is that it? If I merge that into another song. I once heard that Two Become One's... That's obviously quite a sexual song. Yes. But when they're like, put it on, put it on. Talking about a condom. That's what someone once told me. Is that true? I think so. Have you thought I about that? I didn't write the song, so you I ever can't thought, have, you ever th- have you ever thought that? That blew my mind. I Did thought it? it was about like some sort of a... Like a, one of those crazy, you know, mad scientists um, sewing two humans together kind of s- scenarios. And then he was saying, put it on. He was talking about like Turn the, the head. Onto the uh, onto, onto the, the body, the corpse. Yeah, no, it was not a corpse. It's another living human, just without a head. But the head is dead. It's off a dead corpse. But they the, they're able to keep the brain going by putting it on the shoulder of the. That's probably more what they meant. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight is the night. <laughs> Tonight's the night for Frankenstein. I love it. That's very good. Uh, okay, <laughs> so two become one becomes their first Christmas number one. It sold four hundred and thirty thousand copies in its first week. 
This is before Apple downloads. That's, people, yeah, people physical CDs. Yeah, making it the fastest selling single of the year. And those two tracks continued the group's remarkable sales <laughs> by topping the charts in over 53 countries and wow. cementing the group's reputation as one of the biggest pop acts in the world. That's pretty crazy. It's just amazing how quickly, like, so this is still only in... Um, 1996. Yeah, 96. And how old are they? They're early 20s. Early 20s. And Emma Bunton's, what, like, seven? She's No, she's only like a, like a year or two behind Oh, is them. she actually yeah. not that young? She started out literally as a baby. Yeah, Baby Spice. She came in as an infant. Mm-hmm. Not an infant, a baby. I just said baby. Is an infant and a baby the same thing? Yes. Yes, good. Well, she, you have a baby. You should know that. It's bloody semantics, isn't it? <laughs> baby Barbie. Potato, potato. Uh, in November 96, the Spice Girls released their debut album, which was called Spice. Spice, yes. Very good. Um, so that was released in Europe in 96. Um, and it had a cover. It was all white and it had a ring on it. Maybe? No. I think it says spice. the word spice with yeah. their, them inside the yeah. letters. S-P-I-C-E, isn't it? Oh, they're inside the letters. <laughs> Why are you winking at me when you say that? Stop it. So this, they were like hugely successful and people drew a lot of comparisons to Beatlemania, which we sort of spoke about um, on the Beatles episode. I feel episode. like every time a band becomes big in the UK, they're like, it's the new Beatles. There are a lot Oasis. of ties, yeah. People compare the Beatles to the Spice Girls quite a lot and there's really? a few little things where it comes up. Um, so in seven weeks, Spice had sold 1.8 million copies in Britain alone, making the Spice Girls the fastest selling British act since the Beatles. So, okay. Okay. Fair comparisons. Um, in total, the album sold over three million copies in Britain, the biggest selling album of all time in the UK by a female group, and it went ten times platinum. <laughs> that's crazy. So you get, they could have two platinum records each on their wall. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, that's quite nice, isn't it? Two mm. each. But you probably give one to Elliot Kennedy, the producer. Whatever, Elliot Kennedy. Um, so that probably send one to Michelle Stevenson. Just the, nah, fuck that. But like a big like. One to Abigail as well. Yeah. Kiss my platinum record. Hope your dickhead boyfriend's dead. Alrighty, there it is. Um, so in that same month, so this is like November, this is just to give you an idea of how quickly their star power had grown. Um, they uh, were invited to switch on the Christmas lights in Oxford Street. Oh my God. In London. That is big. Yeah, that drew is a it? crowd of 500,000 people. That's that's that big. Like a lot of, is that a lot of that's people? That's a lot of people. Matt, that's half a million people. Do you understand? How many Olympic swimming pools is that? <laughs> full of people. How many <laughs> MCGs is that? Well, it's five full MCGs. There you go. That's a lot of people, Matt. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> they saw him turn it like a switch. I know. It's so why would you turn up for that? But okay. That sounds ridiculous. Right. So they're going. They're getting pretty. It popular. must be in like. Actually awful to become popular that quickly. So it would be very hard to deal with it. It'd be so overwhelming. And you're still figuring out what you're doing and, oh, it's crazy. It would also, you'd be so aware how um, unjustified it was as well. So yeah. like, I've, I've slowly worked hard for this. Yeah. I deserve this. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah, I'm a massive fraud. Oh, yeah. totally I just turned out. up to an audition. I yeah. answered an ad and then when they weren't too good, we they, left the mansion and yeah. They're going to find guy. me out eventually. Yeah, you would feel like that, but they just and it just kept going. So in January of 97, they released Wanna Be in the United States, and that sort of proved to be like the catalyst in helping the Spice Girls break into the the US market, which was notoriously difficult. Um debuted on the Hot 100 chart at number 11 
in the US, good. which is pretty good. At the time, that was the highest ever debut by a non-American act, beating the previous record held by who do you reckon? Hootie and the Blowfish. They Canadian? No, they're American. Probably the Beatles. The Beatles with "I Want to Hold Your Hand." Who? Yeah, the Who. Hootie and the Beatles. Um, <laughs> so they, yeah, they, um, they're beating the records of the Beatles in terms of their US debut, which is pretty cool. Uh, in Feb of '97, Spice was released in the US, so the album was released. Became the biggest selling album of 1997 in the US. Peaked at number one. Wow. Was certified seven times. Platinum. And that means 7 million, by the way. A platinum record in is the US million. is a million copies. Yeah, well, it's, wow. it's for sales in excess of 7.4 million copies. That's so many million. That's so many million. Matt? That's a lot of, like, that's 7 million. That, I reckon I 7... we can be specific. You're saying so many million, but I, I reckon we can be specific you go one better. say that's 7 million. I Very reckon, good. I reckon you could fill an Olympic swimming pool with that many CDs. Do you yeah. reckon? Oh, I wonder yeah. how many. 7 million. Depends how big the case is, the deluxe editions, etc. Yeah, no, true. And if there's like a box set that comes with a poster or something, I imagine. yeah. Um, it's a nightmare logistically to fill that pool. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and you know what? Wasteful. Mm. Have to empty the pool, put in all their CDs. Come on, we've got better things to do. Come on, we've got lights to turn on. Come on. <laughs> um, so, uh, Spice, the album in total, sold 28 million copies worldwide. That's just too many. Becoming the biggest-selling album of all time by an all-female group. Twenty-eight million copies. Yeah, it keeps sounding so good. Now and it then, mentions all female. But the, well, not just all female, but all female group. So there's more. There's female solo singers with more. Maybe, yeah, like there's Shania groups Twain. with some female, some male, like Step Club Seven. How many albums got, have you sold, Matt? S Club Seven would not have outsold the Spice S Girls. Club. Well, they could have though, because that that Ain't doesn't. No party like an S Club party. But, what, but that oh. an all girl, girl group means Everybody not necessarily. They would have, oh. but not necessarily. Oh, so I think a mixture is probably like Fleetwood Mac. I reckon may have sold more. <laughs> First one that came to mind was Steps Club Seven. So that's not that's not my fault. And are you calling them for. Step Club Seven because <laughs> it's Steps S Club, Club Seven? Steps Steps is a different band. Can I go on? Please, Please. <laughs> do go on. <laughs> All right, so they're, they're just some shitty, popular, all-female group. Um, and later that month, so this is just in uh, Feb, they... Um, how long... How long? Sorry, it's only been seven months. Feb of 97. And they released the first one, in the album in the 90. UK in July 96. Yeah. And they only made their... What, when was the first song? 96 as well, wasn't it? Yeah. July, 90, July 7th, 1996, he said. So seven months later, they've already... Wow, it's insane how popular they've it's become. It's crazy. Right, so they um they won two Brit Awards for Best British Video um, for Say You'll Be There and Best British Single for Wannabe. Say you'll be there. I need somebody that can never need love before. Is that two songs together? <laughs> That's definitely two songs together. Um... <laughs> And it was at the 97 Brit Awards that uh, Jerry Halliwell wore that famous Union Jack mini dress. Because oh, every remember? time I imagine her, she's wearing that. But does she wear that any other time? She, she's worn it a few extra times because it was so popular that time. Um, it became one of pop history's most famed outfits. And, actually, and did people start wearing it on the street like as an outfit? Oh, I don't know. I think, um, I think it sort of made Union Jack stuff a bit cool. I had a, a, dress, a music dress up <laughs> birthday party. I think I say music dress. And... Uh, some friends came as 
the Spice Girls, and yeah. Union Jack Well, it might have well, been. Who were you dressed as? I want to know, Matt. I wasn't. I wasn't in there. one of the Spice Girls. Oh, who would have been? Sorry, Ginger, obviously. I was there as uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. What, what were other people dressing up as? So I'm just really intrigued by these little yeah. kids dressing Andy up. Andy Matthews came as Annie Lennox. Oh, how long ago was this? Uh, like a year and a half. Two oh, years. <laughs> nice. I you, you said I had a birthday, and I imagine you. Had I a thought s- I said a couple of years ago, but I'm yeah, no, didn't. I, th- I think oh, you, you got it in your head that it was a kids' party. I thought you were nine years old. That's what I imagined, and then you, and then you start mentioning Matthews. people oh, that I know. Bruce Springsfield. Springsfield. <laughs> that's what I meant. Like that's Bruce why I thought as a nine-year-old that'd be pretty cool. That would be so badass. All right, please do go on. Well, if your friend who came as Ginger Spice was wearing the original dress. Oh, it's worth a lot of money, isn't it? A lot of money. It became, um, so one of the most prominent symbols of 90s pop culture, and the dress was sold at a charity auction to Hard Rock Cafe in Vegas for a record amount, uh, which gave Halliwell the Guinness World Record for the most expensive piece of pop star clothing ever sold. Do you want to have a crack at how much it's sold for? Yeah. It's in pound. Okay, let me think about this, because I know that the most expensive dress ever sold was worn by Audrey Hepburn Ooh, in Breakfast, Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's oh. a good dress. And how much was that? And I think that that is close to one million US dollars, which is about oh. five hundred thousand pounds. So I'd say probably three hundred thousand pounds. I'm gonna say because I was thinking uh, I'm just gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go over, the, over your head here. I'm gonna say two million pounds. I will really disappoint you. It was 41,320 pounds. <laughs> yeah, what I said was fucking wow. stupid. Man, what I you I you just blew a fortune on a <laughs> shitty dress, man. What are you doing? You're it's not a, a good of, investor. I'm not a good at an, at an auction. I get a rush of blood. I'm putting my hand up for everything. Yep. Also, yep. Two million pounds. Oh, fuck. That's, what have I done? That's a lot. Just that's a dress. Pounds are worth more than Australian dollars, aren't they? Not less. Ugh. So she's in her little subcategory. So that's just for the pop co- pop star clothing ever sold. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. She didn't get that money, obviously. So. Forty-one thousand pounds is a lot of money. For I a dress. For some reason, I'm just like, oh, expensive. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Why a- would Jess bring it up if it was only like forty thousand? <laughs> she wouldn't. It's going to be ridiculous. And Jess, Jess wouldn't waste our time with unless it was millions dress. of pounds. And it wouldn't be the Guinness World Record for 41,000 pounds. I mean, anyone could buy a Guinness World Record. I'm going to bloody buy Matt's T-shirt off your 50,000 pounds. Pop culture history, yours. bang, world record holder. Podcast history. That's most right. expensive item of podcast <laughs> star. If you paid $5 for a T-shirt, it would be the most expensive podcasting <laughs> T-shirt ever. Yeah, you'd have ever. to go 500 um, okay, so moving on. So we're now into March of '97. So it's still. So what? What have you written down there, David? What was 90, July '96? Is that the That's album? The first, or the first, single? first single. Okay, yes. Yeah, so so they're, we're they're, only in March. And they've been around for eight months. Yeah. Um, the double side of Mama and Who Do You Think You Are was released in Europe. Mama, not familiar with that. Mama, oh. I love you. It's really. Oh yeah, it's Mama. slow. That was released, um, which once again saw them at number one, making the Spice Girls the first group in history since the Jackson 5 to have four consecutive number one hits. Boom. Is that in in America or in... Well, that is in Europe. That was released in Europe. Right. Um, So then they released a book... Later that month. Seriously, they've been around eight months. A book. They've got a book. I remember the thing thing to have when I I was in primary school was... um, a Spice Girls pencil case. Yeah, big And gun. inside was a Spice Girls rubber, Spice Girls pencil, mm-hmm. and Spice Girls sharpener. Did you have that? Uh, I did not, but actually I had like a pencil tin. Heaps of girls, girls in my class had that. It was white pencil. It looked like the yep. album. Yep. I've Pencil. got fun facts about some of the merchandise as well that they had. 
Nice, but now they've already got a book. What's the book they've about? They've got a book. It's called Girl Power, and it's the Spice Girls' first book and manifesto. I don't know why you need a manifesto oh, wow. eight months in. Usually manifestos are for mass murderers. Well, it was launched, and it sold 200,000 copies within a day. It was eventually translated into more than 20 languages. Matt, how many languages do you speak? Uh, <laughs> I love how to keep impressing Matt with his back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt. Mm-hmm. One and a bit. I was just thinking, what about What's the bit? What about Wayne's manifesto? He was no serial killer. That's all I'm going to say on the topic. It's a kid show from probably before your time. Oh, but I was going to say I don't know what that is. What's the bit? The bit I did four years of Italian. I mm-hmm. did two years of Indonesian, and I did two years of Mandarin. So you've put all of those together as a bit. That's a bit. Yeah, I you dabble. I, I wouldn't say I speak any of those at all. Sure. But I in somewhere in my brain, like if I remember, ah. Uh, Given you everything. Right, now in Indonesian. If I remember that <laughs> in my brain for some reason, I've got to remember Salamat Pagi or something Salamat in Indonesian. Pagi, yes. Good call. But I don't know what. What does that mean? I think it's like hello. Okay. Or good morning. Good morning. It's a greeting. In Indonesian? Yes. Right. I was going to say because I don't recognize that. Oh, okay. How many languages do you speak, Dave? 45. Wow. I'd list them all, but it will take too long. Please do go on. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. If it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, not in a way that's like, oh my God, it's expanding like yeah, yeah. More physically. Like it's growing more customers, yes. more interest. Not like it's going to explode. Yeah, not like it's a building that's like blowing up and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. And I don't think they mean for marriage. You can sell your products on an online store, whether you sell physical or digital products, or you offer services like massage or oh. nails. Oh my gosh. Or uh, consulting. Should we, after this, get Manny Petty? <laughs> Babe, I've already booked us in. <laughs> um, Squarespace has the tools you need to start selling online. You know, what about blogging tools, you might be asking? I like to blog. I love to blog. I like to blog. I like to vlog. Yes. Well, Squarespace has powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, and updates. You can categorize, you can share, and schedule to make your content work for you. Scheduling is the best. Oh, it looks like Jess has just uploaded something. But it's like 3 a.m. in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the exact time I wanted to do it in New York City, baby. Exactly. Capture that New York market. Yeah. You mentioned vlogging as well. If you're into vlogging, you can organize your video library, showcase your content on beautiful video pages, sell access to your videos with member areas. The possibilities are endless. Now head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. So in October of 97, the Spice Girls released the first single from Spice World, which is their second album, uh, Spice Up Your Life. That's a fun one. That's Uh, fun. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, It entered the UK charts at uh, number one on the 19th of October, making it the group's fifth consecutive number one hit single. 
Are they? Is that like a new record? Um, no. Because <laughs> wasn't there a time where the Beatles had like the top five? The top yeah. three, I think. No, five. Five was Pretty it? Pretty sure it was five. It was my podcast. <laughs> All right. I don't remember. It, it might have been, yeah, four or five. You might be right there. It was something stupid. So I imagine the Beatles probably did stuff like that before. Yeah. And so then they, um, the, uh, they went on a bit of a tour. Their first live major concert... They, um, oh, so they didn't do concerts for the first album. I think album. they kind of had, but it was, um, this is sort of in touring, like leaving the UK. They hadn't really done that yet. So they went to uh, Turkey, naturally, performed for 40,000 fans. Well, they must have just looked at where the albums were s- selling well and, and gone. Just, off we go. We'll go Turkey. to Turkey. It's a growing economy. We'll this cash is, in on that. This is one of my favorite things that I read. Later, the girls traveled to South Africa and they got to meet Nelson Mandela, who announced... These are my heroes. <laughs> You're kidding. Nelson Mandela are you serious? said the Spice Girls were his heroes. Well, he would never lie. He would never use hyperbole. In what, in what way would he say that? I don't know. I, what? Maybe musical heroes. These are my heroes. These are my heroes. Does he love pop music? He must have. Is he into girl power? Well, who isn't into girl power? That's a good point. Um, so, okay, November, they released their second album, which was Spice World. So they've released um, a couple of... And is there a movie tie-in yet? Coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can feel it. Yeah. In my waters. So even this album, Spice World, was, a, again, just a global bestseller. So it set a new record for the fastest-selling album when it shipped 7 million copies over the course of two weeks. Got heaps of really good reviews. The album went on to sell over 10 million copies in Europe, Canada, and the U.S., and 20 million copies worldwide. Doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, combined. Yeah. 10 million in those combined. Yep. It was kind of. It was actually quite um, criticised, though, in the United States. For um, they were criticised for releasing the album just nine months after their debut in the states because they'd kind of released their album obviously earlier in the UK. And, and people Europe, were like, and then, "We hate. We stop giving the fans more music." Well, that's the thing. They were kind of. Um, What's the problem? They were saying it was like. Uh, well, they were getting that sort of backlash. Like well, you've only just arrived here and you've already got another album like settle down and they were um suffering a little bit of overexposure at home like there was just too much spice girls so um they began to experience quite a bit of media backlash um, and they were really criticized for the number of sponsorships deals they signed for which was like over 20 in total for all sorts of different brands and companies and stuff like that they were like they were not afraid to sell out they would put their name on anything they, they were would... a manufactured girl exactly band. like what, yeah, what, what are they selling out? Exactly. Their, well, all their legitimacy. Well, they are Nelson Mandela's heroes, let's not exactly. forget. Exactly. So, you know, if they're going to sell some Pepsi, so be it. And so be po- it. those boy bands and girl bands never have a long shelf life. Yeah. Not in the, mo- not 90, like the modern style. So just, just cash, cash in. in while you can. Mm. No one's judging um, you. Unless it's like fucked stuff. I imagine they weren't. No, it's nothing, nothing fucked. There's some, there's some funny ones, and I'll, I'll uh, mention those later as well. Quite a fun fact. But then again, this comes, to, uh, this comes to a date that we all remember. Obviously, the Which 31st one? of May, 1998, when... Oh, Ginger left? Yeah. Oh, so that's the... the, the <laughs> <day>. <laughs> Jerry left, well done. <laughs> the day the music died. The day the music died. <laughs> Jerry Halliwell announced her departure she left, from the Spice Wait, Girls. in 98? 98. Fucking hell, Two so years. it all happened in... Jesus. That's, 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 only, that's, that's less than two years after the first crazy. single. They've blown up so quickly. I had no idea. Two, so that's less than two years. So let's just do a timeline. So July 1996, Wannabe comes out. Fast forward to May 98. 
Jerry's gone. Jerry's gone. That's crazy. She's out and she's announced it. And they let her sleep in her own bedroom and everything. I know. They did everything I'm still imagining <laughs> that they're still sharing bedrooms, even though they've become multi-millionaires. Are you imagining them living on the Spice yeah. bus? They're all in like, they're just like cramped together. Like, guys, my bank balance is 15 million pounds. Can we can not buy just a get house separate on my beds? Own. Yeah. No. And, but like, the- no, Jerry, stay in that tiny little room. What I liked is that she announced it through her solicitor. <laughs> Oh, wow. She stated, sadly, I would like to confirm that I have left the Spice Girls. There must have been some serious problems. This is because of differences between us. I'm sure the group will continue to be successful, and I wish them all the best. Did she say any differences? Some of the the differences are, I think of myself as a ginger spice, which is very different to, say, a sporty or a scary spice. I'm surprised that we could continue to do a podcast knowing that we have such different opinions on who the best Spice Girl is. Look, I, I just I asked the question, then I just I just said one. Oh, look, I should really commit to that, shouldn't I? Mel B is the best because she has um, great hair, attitude mm-hmm. coming out the wazoo, <laughs> and I think some of the others. We don't need to talk about her wazoo. Some of the other guys, you know, they're a little bit. Sit backish, mm-hmm. a little bit posh for, for you. Yeah, a little posh, or a little bit baby a for me. A little bit young, or a little bit sporty, <laughs> or a little bit English ginger. Sure. Are we going to talk about the names later? Yes. Okay, great. I was going to say because ginger's that always. Well. Yeah, that is weird. We'll it? get to it. We'll get to it. So Ginger's gone. She's gone, and so she was. She claimed she was um, exhausted, wanted to take a break. Um, it shocked fans. Obviously, people were pretty devastated about it. And I it can imagine. Like, we did you cry, Jess? To be no. honest, it was ninety-eight. Because a lot of people did. Cry. I'm sure that you can find footage of people crying. Sure. Like when a dictator dies. Sure. Same thing. Jerry Halliwell, dictator. Honestly, Dave, though, uh, there are bigger issues in the world. Oh, I've got to keep reminding myself of that, of course. <laughs> There were rumours that she was fighting with Mel B. Um, See that, Matt? You're always causing problems. <laughs> but the thing is, like, her leaving the band was, it was major news. Like, it was covered by media all around the world. It was in the covers of magazines. So it was it should newspapers. Be. It was huge. And then she went on to do her solo career. I am going to go into, like, what each of them has done um, post Spice Girls as Including, well. Including so. um, Mel C's duet with Brian Adams. That's, yeah, of course. So they released a new song, Goodbye, before Christmas of 98, and the song was seen as a tribute to Jerry Halliwell. Oh, I thought that that might be like it. So she's... <laughs> and Jerry Halliwell's not in Goodbye. She's not in it. No, she's gone. How does Goodbye go? Would I, I don't know. know. I don't think I know Goodbye. So they pretty much just fell off the face of the earth after Jerry Halliwell. Left. Kind of. Like, well, they no, no, I think there's well, a third album coming. There is. Um, but so when they released Goodbye, it topped the UK singles charts, became their third consecutive Christmas number one, equaling the record previously set by... Barry White. I mean, the Beatles. The Beatles. So they just keep bloody catching up to them Beatles. Um, so then it, oh, this sort of skips ahead a little bit. Um, that was sort of Christmas of 98. I'm not sure what they were doing for 99. Probably just traveling and stuff. In November of 2000. Probably just took a gap year. <laughs> took a gap worked year. in a coffee shop. They, they had a lot of stuff on. They released Forever. So The final album, Forever. The final album. Sporting a new, edgier R&B sound. <laughs> the album received lukewarm responses. Oh, it was not Too edgy. Good. In total, Forever achieved only a fraction of the success of its two best-selling predecessors. Here's a fact. I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I was once in a band that recorded a song with a guy that worked on Forever. Get out. Yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Pretty sure it's just like an engineer type person on the record, but toot still, away, still good. Toot yeah, toot, toot. Keep tootin'. Very good. So it only sold five million copies. Oh, only. What a poultry, poultry album. Yeah. Blah. Well, Matt, if you're only selling 5 million, like when the, when this show only gets 4 million downloads, I pretty much will delete it from iTunes because... I will kill myself what's the if point? this only gets 5, four mi- mi- five million. Five, four million. I, I don't even know what I'd do. I will kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what a threat. So please tell your friends. <laughs> or you're all going to die. Oh, you know, you want that? You want that on your conscience? Hmm. By not signing up 5 million friends what to you, subscribe? What could you have done? You could have saved the world. Oh, my God. In December 2000, guys, this is when the day Oh, came. the day the, r- the, the music, music really, really died. died. Like, before it was dead, now it's dead. So, the album, what was the third album called? Forever. And that didn't have any songs that anyone would know now. Oh, I'm sure it would, but I don't, I don't have a list of them. I don't think there was any of their really good ones. Right. So, it came out in November, and in December, they sort of unofficially announced that they were... Beginning an indefinite hiatus. We'll be concentrating on their own solo stuff. Um, but they were like, we're not splitting up. It kind of sounds like parents splitting up. Like, yeah. we still love you. And it's not going to change anything. Please we keep just, buying the sweet merchandise. We just need a little bit of time and space. Okay. Right. So, 2000, the music died. And our lives have been meaningless ever since. End of podcast. Well, that was great. I'm nah, just... jokes. I've got more. <laughs> Um, so God, what a twist. Now we skip ahead a little bit uh, to 2007, where they held a press conference uh, revealing their intention to reunite. 2007? 2007. Oh, seven really? years later, reunite. Oh. Um, there'd been rumours along, uh, rumors floating around for ages, speculating that they were going to get together, but they finally confirmed it, and they embarked upon a worldwide concert tour starting in Vancouver. I don't remember that happening at all, do you? Yeah, it happened. No. So they, did they come to Australia? Uh, I think so. I believe so. Hey, Spice Girls, just promise you'll always be there. Ticket sales. Here we go. Here's a, here, this is a fun fact. This is an early fun fact for you. Okay. Ticket sales for the first London date of the Return of the Spice Girls World Tour sold out. How long, how long do you reckon it took them to sell out? Uh, Three we, weeks. Three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks. Uh, probably 45 minutes. It's under a minute. Are you serious? 38 seconds. Th- to sell out how much? To sell out their first London show. Would so I'm not sure how many tickets it been. Yeah, it was O2 Arena. It's like 15, 20,000 tickets or something. In 38, 38 seconds. Gone. Come on, Matt. That's impressive. Yeah. Look, it's pretty good. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. If you did that at your comedy festival show, you'd never have to work again. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I think around that time, they, uh, they, they teamed up with um, Simon Fuller, Judy Kramer, and Jennifer Saunders of French and Saunders fame. Yes. Uh, to develop a Spice Girls musical entitled Viva Forever. Now, the group weren't in the musical, obviously, but they influenced the show. And was there five Spice Girls in the musical? No, I think it's more to do... It's, it's a jukebox musical. Oh, they're the worst kind. So that is a stage or film musical that uses previously released popular songs as its musical so score. So they try and write the movie around like a, yeah. a Green Day album or something. Exactly. So it's not the story of the Spice Girls. It's just a story, but, that, uh, but the music is all Spice Girls music. So that's kind of cool. It was written by Jennifer Saunders, so that's nice. So when, when was this Jukebox musical? That was at the end of 2012. Okay. And is it still going? No. Sadly, no. 
Damn, I, I don't we, actually we, Matt, know. We missed our chance. Yeah, I don't know exactly <laughs> what happened, but there was. I looked on the website for the musical, and there was a note that, like, despite rave reviews and standing ovations, most nights we're just unable to go on. So they oh. they stopped it. And if and there was a little note down the bottom, like, if you've purchased tickets for this particular date, you need to contact this number because you weren't going to be able to go. Oh, they just had to. They just pull stopped it. it. Oh. Brutal. And, and it was ironically called Viva Forever. And it did not last forever at all. <laughs> it lasted not long at all, right. Also in August 2012, uh, after much speculation, probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life, the group performed a medley of Wannabe and Spice Up Your Life at the 2012 Summer Olympics closing ceremony in London. The London one. The London Olympics. Was, but did Posh perform? They were all there. Did Posh perform? They were all there. At the London... I thought that she'd given it... So, no. And what about this Posh there, but that's the thing, like, well? Well, they'd all, they'd all disbanded. And what about like, the 2007 tour? Was Posh there? Yes. Because she's so rich, she just doesn't... Like, the others probably need the money a lot more what? than she does. But, but see, isn't like, Jerry the one that left? Jerry left... But then they were they were given awards and stuff like that, and then only sort of one or two of them would show up. It was sort of rare that they were all together, but they were all together for the Olympics. And oh, really they, cool. they reunited just for that event. But this is what's interesting. Their performance received huge response from the audience. It became the most tweeted moment of the Olympics with over 116,000 tweets on Twitter per minute. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane? Good. Just people going... People going nuts for the Spice Girls. So that's pretty cool. Is that still a thing? Like every minute is it still 116,000 tweets about that moment? Probably. They're <laughs> all sure. from me. <laughs> Three and a half years on this, people are still tweeting it's at still that rate. Still good. Still good. Um, so, yeah, so they only released three albums. So we're kind of done with their, their timeline up to now. This isn't really that anything they're doing now. So Spice in 96, Spice World in 97, and Forever in 2000. That's it. Um, has there been rumours of them doing another world tour? Yeah, there's been rumours. I don't think. I thought they might be teaming up with someone. Not that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. I'm oh, never don't worry wrong. About that. Don't worry about that. You asked before about the nicknames, where yes, they came I'm just, from. I'm just wondering. So, in the summer of 96, this is back when they first started, they had a lunch meeting with the editor of Top of the Pops magazine, whose name was Peter Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine! Um <laughs> And he sort of inadvertently led the Spice Girls to adopt these nicknames because uh, it's sort of how he referred to them as a, in, the, in the article that he wrote. So he, he said, in the magazine we used silly language and came up with nicknames all the time. So it came naturally to give them names that would be used by the magazine and its readers. It was never meant to be adopted globally. Oh, so, cool? so the magazine actually published it saying, yeah. and then there's the one who looks real scary. Yeah. Yeah, that's brutal, that one. Oh, no, the other one. Oh, well, baby, sporty, why, posh. Too. Oh, okay, yeah. So Victoria Beckham, or Adams as she was then, she was called Posh Spice because of her more upper-middle-class background, her choppy brunette bob hairstyle and refined attitude, form-fitting designer outfits, and her love of high-heeled footwear. Ooh, I'm very pretty posh, posh, really, aren't I? Yeah. That's not how she would talk. She's actually No, posh. isn't it? I, um, right. Yeah, she, she's got a, she doesn't have a posh accent, does she? She's a bit more posh than who's next, Melanie Brown. Oh, come on, please. She's a bit rough. Come on, she's She was given the nickname Scary Spice because of her outrageous, in-your-face attitude, loud (laughs) Leeds accent. Can you do a Leeds accent? Um, I'm from about halfway up England. Very good. (laughs) Throaty laugh. That seems hurtful. Why would that be scary? Her manner of dress, which was often consisted of leopard print outfits. She often dressed like a vampire, quite scary. And her crazy Afro hairstyle. 
Oh, African hairstyle scary, is it? Why didn't they call it Crazy Spice? Oh, yeah, good call. She could have been Crazy Spice. She's more crazy than like scary. Mental illness awareness and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think crazy is, I don't know if it was back it's then, a but it's seen as being a bit of a, a no-no. Yeah, you can't call someone crazy. Well, yeah. that is just crazy. Well, Dave, you said and it. And you know what you are, Matt? You're crazy. You're crazy. Scary? No, no, that's offensive, crazy. please. Emma Bunton, my favourite. Emma was called Baby Spice because she was the youngest member of the group. She wore her long blonde hair and pigtails, wore baby doll dresses and had an innocent smile and a girly girl personality. Don't know what a girly girl personality is, but girl. Girl. anyway. I feel like she's the one that uh, it's hardest to keep up being a baby when you're now in your mid-40s. Well, I don't know. Like um, ACDC, Angus is still wearing his schoolboy Yeah, uniform, and so. he is a worldwide joke. How dare you? How dare you? Worldwide joke all the way to the yeah. bloody bank. Yeah, he's doing A-OK, thanks, Dave. Nice T-shirt over there, you dickhead. I have a much better fashion sense than Angus Young, and I'm going to put that on record. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, you're off the podcast. Next up, Sporty Spice, Melanie Chisholm. And I would um, pull off a ball, a ball boy and schoolboy outfit better than he <laughs> ever would. Can we boy. take that out of context? I would pull off a, a ball, ball boy. boy. <laughs> well... Well, no, you've just said it out of context. Oh, no. Just <laughs> quick, just say it. Got ya. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not right. an idiot. All right. Who, okay, who's Sporty Spice. All right, guys. Move over. It's time for my fave. She usually wore a tracksuit, her long dark hair and a ponytail, and sported a tough girl attitude as well as tattoos on both of her arms. Ooh, tattoos. That's oh. very sporty. She also possessed <laughs> true athletic abilities. Yeah. Her signature being yeah, able to bullshit. perform back handsprings. She yes. was always doing like she high kicks in their photos. And she's always wearing tracksuit pants like she was ready to run. But a crop top as well because she's cool. Exactly, and she needs support. Exactly. <laughs> Jerry Halliwell was called Ginger Spice because of her liveliness, zest, and flaming red hair. Would we say Ginger is lively and zesty? Ginger. Um, I I think a, a, it adds a bit of zest Can to be, a yeah. dish. She often wore outrageous stage outfits as like the uh, iconic Union Jack dress. I don't know if I'd call Ginger lively though. I mean, it's a root. If you see him, it's just a. It's, it's just like a beige there. looking. When did like? How has ginger got anything to do with red hair either? Uh, Xander Allen has a, a joke about that because, yeah, he talks about how it's, how people with mousy brown hair are the real ones we should be teasing. And what color is ginger? Mousy brown. Fact. Yeah. So you're not even the first one to think of that. Shut your beautiful hairy mouth. <laughs> you don't think I've thought about that before. No. Look at my face. <laughs> Look at my face Look and tell me I haven't thought about Look the word ginger face. before. Look at my face. Look at my face. Okay. I'm not looking at your face. Merchandise. We mentioned merchandise before. Yeah, um, pencil cases and pencil, the pencil cases. So there was all sorts of crazy stuff. I picked out a few that I thought were quite interesting or a little bit funny. So there was one for Walker Crisps. Oh, I love them. They're really good chips. Right. And um, like it was UK. a promotion with Are over... Thins equivalent. Yeah, like yeah, yeah they're not crinkled. Yeah, yeah. Um, they made over fifty-one different packaging designs. What, uh, so what for? Ten for each member. They had their own ten different designs plus a group package. So that's the fifty-one. They had a Polaroid camera. It was a regular Polaroid instant camera, but it had pink and purple shell and a Spice Girls badging. Um, and it came along with like a disposable Polaroid camera and a flashlight and stuff. They had their own camera. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. Impulse, you know, the like um, oh, sprays. Impulse so good. deodorant. Um, launched a fragrance known as Impulse Spice. 
Ooh. Ooh. They also had shower gels and stuff like that. These aren't particularly, like, these are fairly standard for, um, like, girly products aimed at young girls. But then they also had a PlayStation game. There's a video game. Oh, what can you do? Spice World. It was a computer animated cartoon of the girls. It was developed in, like, 98. Pretty cool. So I bet it holds up real well. Oh, it'd be really cool now. Um, Aprilia scooters. There were five different scooters, each promoting a Spice Girl. And they were created and marketed as the Spice Sonic Effect. <laughs> what kind of crossover Scooter. market would there be in Spice Girls fans and adults who can drive scooters? Ride scooters? I don't are think it's like a Vespa. I think more like... like the little push oh, toy okay, scooters. Oh, I was okay. also imagining Vespas. Were you? Oh, maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. The favourite one, though, uh, my favourite, is Domino Sugar. The girls promoted Sugar as part of as one of their sponsors for their North American tour. Sugar. I'm imagining just a bag of sugar with the Spice Girls on it. Yeah, like, with <laughs> like a two kilo up. bag of sugar. Oh. That's amazing. That's yeah. very strange. This tour brought to you by the sweet taste of sugar. Yeah. But like, who are you marketing the Spice Girls at? Young people? You want young people eating your sugar? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, who? kids don't buy bags. They eat things with sugar in it. In it. Don't, not just not bags. Bag. Not just a bag. That's not the problem. I want to finish up with where are they now and then a Before few fun facts. Yeah. Are you going to talk about the movie at all? Yes. Great. Have you got it? No, I was just, I was just wondering because I, 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 I love the about story bit, about yeah. Richard E. Grant doing it only because he's like a legit actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he only, he only did it because it was for his kids. So, you know, oh, that, that's yeah. nice. There's a few little yeah fun tidbits about the um about the movie, but so I wanted to go with where are they now? What happened to them after, after the Spice Girls? So Mel C. Sporty Spice, she's now 41 years old. Oh, she, my God. This is a really interesting. She's not that much older. I could go. I still, could still I, go for her. I was thinking they'd be older, but I was really just reacting like, that's where she is now? <laughs> you know, it was meant to be a joke, but I it did not. Anyway, cool. And again. <laughs> Sorry. So Mel C, Sporty Spice. Uh, she currently, this is kind of interesting. She currently is the female artist with the second most number one singles in the United Kingdom and also the only female to reach number one spot as part of a quintet, quartet, duo and solo. So she's hit number one in all of those categories. So Spice Girls for four and five. And then a duo, I'm duo guessing, would be Bra- Brian and Solo by herself. What was their solo hit? Um, She's had a few songs. Never Be The Same Again. Oh, yeah. It's not a secret anymore. No, oh, that's Isn't that Spice Girls? <laughs> no, I think never. Oh, cool. Never be the same. Gosh, she's my favourite. The disc. So uh, she has had six albums. Six, two, four, six. Yep, six albums. Wow, when was the last one come out though? Twenty twelve was her most recent one. Wow, good so on she's her. Still kicking. She's still kind of going. She's the one who's kind of gone on to do the most music stuff. Like she just really went. She always seemed like the one that could sing, right? Well, I don't like her voice. Okay. Right. Wow. I don't like it. There it is. There, I said it. You put that on record. Are you worried about the backlash about that? No. She's the one that could sing, though. Like she, like she was the one. Ever you could hear her singing, and everyone else was like dulled in the mix, right? I don't like her voice. It's because she's the only voice you could hear. If you don't like her voice, you don't like the Spice Girls. I don't like the Spice Girls. All right, fair enough. She was in a relationship with property developer Thomas Starr, and on February. February 22nd, 2009, gave birth to her daughter, Scarlett. So she's got a a little girl. Uh, Mel B, she turned more to TV. She did a lot of uh, reality shows, like whether she was judging on panel shows. Um, 
talent shows, that sort of thing. She also had her own her own reality series, it, Mel B. It's a scary world. Oh wow! And she also did those Jenny Craig ads. Jenny Craig ads. She did, she's done a lot of radio and TV here in Australia. Uh, she had her own video game, Get oh. Fit with Mel B. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> sick. And in 2006. Uh, she became the subject of tabloid stories because of her relationship with Hollywood actor Eddie Murphy, who oh, denied, yes. denied, denied that he was the father of her unborn second child, but paternity tests suggested otherwise. So her second child, Angel, uh, is the child of Eddie Murphy, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's hard to blame him. He does party all the time. You're never going to remember all the sure. all the babies you've had. Sure. Party all, all the time. All them babies. Um, Emma Bunton. Remember his hit song? No, I didn't get the reference, what? sorry. Of his song? He had a hit song, Party All the Time. Uh, <laughs> um, Emma Bunton had three solo albums, um, A Girl Like Me in 2001, Free Me in 2004, and Life in Mono in 2006. Oh, so she's been off the charts for a while. Yeah, she hasn't, hasn't done as much. She's uh, married or engaged... Engaged to or married? They're probably married by now. <laughs> she's married to. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the wedding invite. So. She's married to singer Jade Jones, and they have two sons together. She's again. She's done a lot of TV work, either appearing as a celebrity in TV shows or hosting or um, judging that sort of thing. Here we go. This would be the prime Emma Bunton TV appearance. Is when she appeared as a small cameo role on the Australian soap series Neighbours oh. in an episode called What's a Spice Girl Like You? Dot, 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 question mark. Oh, really? So she was playing herself. Yeah, I looked it up on YouTube. Uh, Carl and Susan are in London and, uh, and Carl's lost a ring and he's sitting on the street looking all sad and Emma finds it and saves the day. Good as, on, Emma. As herself? Yeah, as herself. Wow, she's still got it. It's so lame. I'll... <laughs> When we when we release this, I've got to tweet the link to that video. Okay. It's fantastic. It's so good. So that's what Emma's been up to. Jerry Halliwell had three solo albums um, between 99 and 2005. In 1999, she wrote a biography called If an autobiography called If Only, in which she describes her life as a Spice Girl, having only just left the year before. If only. If only. If only she hadn't joined. Is that what that means? I don't know. And in 2006, she gave birth to her daughter, Bluebell Madonna. Um, the father was a screenwriter, Sasha Javasi, who she dated for six weeks in 2005. And Victoria Beckham and Emma Bunton are the godmothers of, of oh, her daughter, Bluebell. Oh. Isn't that cute? That's nice. Isn't that nice? Now, so I would have probably chosen Sporty, but... Yeah, well, maybe they don't get along as that As a well. name or as a god, god parent? As both. Yeah. Good decision on both counts. Sporty Bluebell. Sporty Bluebell. Blue Spotty Bluebell Halliwell. Oh, that works really well. Spotty Bluebell Halliwell. That's nice. So its name is Bluebell Halliwell. Oh, That's boy. a bit much, isn't it? A bit much. And that brings us to Victoria Beckham. I left her to last because I feel like she's had the most illustrious post-Spice Girls career. What has she done since? Well, she's got a fashion line. I'm she's... only kidding. <laughs> I was like... It was well sold, wasn't it? It was. I was like, what the fuck? She only had one solo album. Ugh. Did um, she even have one? Yeah, it was called... Victoria Beckham. Because she's the one who can't sing the yeah, most. Yeah, she can't sing. Out of all of them that can't sing, she's the one that... She was in an episode of Ugly Betty, though, so she's doing okay. Yeah. No, but she ha- she's, like, worth millions and millions. Yeah, and married to David Beckham. I didn't know label. she was in, had a fashion label. Fashion I label. And it's very to successful. I think she's boy. actually quite a 
a business savvy woman. Yeah, as well. no, she's, oh yeah, she's right. No, I did quite talented. That. Yeah, she's like she pulls in as much as he does. Oh yeah, they're, they're well, a he probably couple. doesn't even do anything anymore, does he? No, over in the last year, over. he's made more money since retiring than he's ever had before. Has he really? Just because he signed these new deals. So I think crazy. something like seventy-five million dollars for the year. I wonder if he, did he make any money out of Bend It Over Beckham? <laughs> that's not what it's called. <laughs> bend, bend, bend It Over bend, Beckham. That's the porn version that's of Bend not, It Over Beckham. That's not it. Bend it. He wasn't. He, he was a, in at that the end. Film. They pretend that he's doing a cameo. I watched it like two months ago, and um. But it's someone looks like him. So, no, I don't think he probably made all that much money or anything from that. Really? Yeah. So, you can just call a movie. So, someone could make a movie called move Suck It Like, like Stuart or Move It Like Suck Matt It Order. Like Stuart? Well, that was not ideal. <laughs> that was not an ideal first instinct. <laughs> Suck It Like Stuart. I'm going to make it. I'm gonna, I'll Photoshop up a design. Uh, anyway, so Victoria Beckham. I've got a f- couple of interesting... Sink it like Stuart, and it's a thing about like a billiards competition. Sink it like Stuart. What could, you, what could Perkins be? Or a plumbing competition, where they're installing sinks. <laughs> installing sinks. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. Mine's called uh, Will It Like Warnicky, and it's about a, uh, a lawyer that works in Last Will and Testaments. Oh, Mine's called Preparing with Perkins. It's just about time management. Preparing with Perkins. <laughs> That's good. You should actually make that and become a corporate. I'm face. terrible at time management. Hence, I was up to three a.m. doing this goddamn report. That's good time management because otherwise you would have just been sleeping, wasted time. What a waste! You've squeezed more into your day. You're than right. Than You're right. But please do go on with these Victoria Beckham so fun I facts. I can get more into my day. Um, so, in January of 2000, there was a tip-off to Scotland Yard detectives <laughs> exposing a plot to kidnap Victoria and Brooklyn. Uh, Beckham, their first child, and hold them at a house in Hampstead in London. This is the plot for the Spice Girls movie, isn't it? But it was after the movie. No, it's serious. So they, they, there was a there was a plot to kidnap her. So they moved to a secret location, and then later in March of two thousand, she received a death threat prior to performing at the Brit Awards, the Brit Awards with the Spice Girls. And in the show's rehearsal, a red laser light appeared on her oh. chest, and she was rushed, rushed off stage. And they found that, like, um, like a gun sight, a fire door had been lodged open, so oh somebody got in. God, how scary is that? How did you know? I didn't no know any of fired. that. How no, scary spice is that? That is. Oh yes, it was definitely scary. She wanted Beckham for herself. Yeah, so that's a bit scary, isn't it? Wow, that's full on. Why, like, wanting to kill, like, unless she's personally slighted you, then fair enough, kill away. But. <laughs> If it's just some sort of weird <laughs> fan enough, thing. Kill away. I think I think that it's Abigail Kiss and Michelle Stevenson teaming oh, up against yeah, their old right. nemesis. That could make sense. That's fair game. Fair enough. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. She forced them out of the Spice Girls. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Posh said that thing about her mum not being sick. Oh, that's so brutal. Oh, there's motive. 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 Um, so Victoria Beckham has participated in five official documentaries. <laughs> I'm moving on from YouTube. Five plotting. official documentaries. Yeah, and reality shows about her, including being Victoria Beckham, the real Beckhams, and Victoria Beckham coming to America. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Eddie Murphy film. I was about to say Eddie Murphy. Murphy. That's where he met Mel C. Party all the time, party all the time. Was that an Eddie Murphy song? Yeah, it was a hit song. It was uh, written and recorded by... Uh, Rick James, bitch. Wow, cool. Yeah. Um, 
So obviously Victoria Beckham married to David Beckham. Mm-hmm. Ah, Rather, I was from, wondering if there was a connection from, yeah. the, from the film Bend It Like Beckham. From we've the film already Bend It Like Beckham. Um, they have four children: Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz, and Harper. Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, and Staten. Alrighty, and as of September, but, but you're missing one. From the Bellarine to the top of Manhattan, Asian, Middle East, something in Latin, Black, White, New York. You make it happen. How much editing do you want me to do? Is that Wu-Tang Clan? I'd leave that in, for sure. Beastie Boys. Oh, cool. From the five boroughs. Oh, that's right. That's how I remember. But it's not that's their names. That's how I remember the children of What are their the names? Beckhams. What are their names? Brooklyn, Bronx, no, Queens, no. and Sam. No, that's not their names. Brooklyn? Brooklyn. Bronx? No. Brooklyn? Yes. Bluebird? No. Brooklyn? Yes. Oh, my God. Jeremy? No. Brooklyn? Yes. Gary Jr. No. <laughs> Are you done? Yes. <laughs> and so they've got the four children, Brooklyn, Bronx. Anyway, as of September 2015, the couple's joint wealth is estimated at 508 million pounds. Wow, that's a, a million, a billion Aussie dollars. They got a lot of, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Okay. Now, I do have a few fun facts. A lot of them, uh, or there's only a couple uh, that aren't about the movie. I'll touch on the movie a little bit. Um, They produced a total of nine number one singles in the UK. So they tied with ABBA, who also had nine. They were behind Take That, who had 11. The Shadows, who had 12. Madonna with 13. Westlife with 14. Cliff Richards with 14. The Beatles with 17. And Elvis Presley with 21. So that means... They're among some pretty big names there. That means they're ahead of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's pretty cool. Fucking hell. Suck a dick, Stones fans. <laughs> Beatles are both. Victoria's the only one... This, we're in the fun facts, by the way. I feel like I didn't... Oh, fun fact, fun fact. I didn't um, talk that up enough before. Look, the thing about fun facts is you know. You don't need someone to you tell you. You just know. know. Thank you. That's right. Victoria was the only member of the band who didn't have a number one hit in the UK as a solo artist. Really? They all had number one hits? They all hits. had number one hits. That's crazy. Baby Spice had a number one solo hit. Sure did. But she also recorded a song for the Pokemon movie. So, you know, swings around about Victoria. Emma. Oh, right. Emma. Um, so Baby Gotta Spice. Gotta catch them all. The wannabe music video was shot in one take. It's one take. It's really cool if you watch it. One take. Which one? Wanna be the first one? It was really cold. They apparently, go through that, they, that hotel. Yeah, and the director wanted to do it again, and they were like, Mm-mm, "Not doing it again." Uh, uh, uh. And they get on the bus at the end. So, that, but by the by the time he's had like said stop, they're already home. So they've already made a cuppa. That was, made that was a worth me stumbling through. And he has to like, yeah, call them one by one. Yeah, yeah, on the landline. Yeah. Hey guys, Wait can we do it again? And Posh is like, I've just made a cuppa. I've taken my shoes off. <laughs> nah. I'm in for the night. Um, so we were talking before about Mel C. This is a sizzle right at the beginning of the sh- of the program. Oh, yeah, I love her. Mel C was kind of sporty spice because of her active image, but Emma Bunton was actually the sporty one. She had a blue belt in karate and often would teach the girls how to kick. Her mum, her mom, I think, was a karate instructor. She had you a blue belt. Th- you think her mum was a karate instructor? Is she the one who no, had a was. kid called she Blue was. Belt? No. There was no child called Bluebell. Bluebell. Jerry Halliwell had Bluebell. <laughs> named after Emma right. Bunton's belt. That would have been pretty great if they named their child after a, a belt. 
Now, uh, I've got two facts about the film, and then I think you had others as well. I don't have any. Or just, okay, cool. I, was just, I just remember, because I'm a bit of a Richard E. Grant fan. I know mm. he was in that movie. He was, yeah. And I do remember reading something about him, but I didn't note it down. I think the thing was that because he, he's like he's in great movies like With Mel and I and mm. stuff like that, and then he um, did take this part because I think his kids. He's like this one's for my kids. That's that nice. They I, when I when they see With Mel and I, they're not into it. They're not impressed by me. But if I say I'm in the Spice Girls movie, they'll be pretty stoked. They're stoked. Yeah. So I think that's kind of fun reason. Now Gary Glitter filmed a four minute cameo appearance. There was heaps of uh, cameos oh, in. No. In the oh no. oh no well yeah so mm. uh, there was heaps and heaps of famous people cameoing in uh, in the movie and Gary Glitter filmed a four minute cameo um, but shortly before the film was to be released he was arrested on child porn offences and the Spice Girls and the production team agreed that his cameo should be deleted from the final print probably a good decision does the film not make sense now though. Yeah. No, I think like, it's still. Gary I don't Gl- think the Gary, film Gary ever Gl- made sense. Gary Glitter arrives with the secret wand we've been waiting for. <laughs> And now it's just, oh, oh no, we just got it somehow. You do secret not want to see Gary Glitter's secret wand. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll show you. He will show anyone. <laughs> Woo! And finally, my final fun fact. Oh, here we go. This better be good. Meatloaf. Is that right? Meatloaf was in it? Yeah, and that's my final fun fact. But he plays their bus driver, right? And there's heaps of in-jokes throughout the film. At one point, he's asked to fix the toilets. And he says he'd do anything for the girls. But he won't do that. <laughs> That's so bad. Oh, good. I'm not sure. Is that awesome no, or horrible? I don't know. <laughs> but I won't do that. No, I won't clean a toilet. <laughs> and thus concludes a brief summary of the Spice Girls. Oh, Spice Girls forever. Spice up your life. Forever. 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 I don't normally give a standing ovation for a podcast. Wow. I've done occasionally a couple of WTFs that really went off on with the president. You just started clapping at the end. Just started clapping, but this one, Jess Perkins, my word. You've outdone yourself. All time. All right, well, it's just Can we finish sarcasm. <laughs> by saying, if you were a spice, what would you be? Paprika. <laughs> We've got Perkins paprika spice, that's good. Mm, I'd be oregano. Yeah, you would. Would you be? <laughs> Dave? I think I would be... Um, it's not a spice, but, but basil. That's well, not really answering the question, yeah, is it? Yeah, you, you ask the question and then you don't even answer it properly. Well, none of their spices are fucking spices, are they? Oh, yeah, point. but we answered under the impression that we were allowed to be only a spice. If I was just allowed to be anything I fucking wanted to Any be... Any sort of Do you think I'd be or, paprika? Or, or, I'm pepper. You dickhead. Pepper. I'm pepper. Pepper, pepper that is, uh, that is a such a, a vanilla spice. Yeah, good one. I think that makes sense for me. It does, you're pretty plain. Vanilla boy. <laughs> plain little... Vanilla Boy. So thank you for listening to my rant about the Spice Girls. Thank you. I'm sure, I reckon you had a great time looking into that one, which I is always fun when you're much. looking into something that you're a fan of. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed, I, I didn't know a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I'm, that's what I mean. Like you, I, I found it a bit, but not scary about how much of the lyrics are still mm. in my brain. What a waste of space, but still. And I thought that you were quite sporting about the way you. Thank you. Chose Stop to. It. Thank you, baby. No worries. <laughs> Ginger beard. Ginger. <laughs> All right. Well, um. All right. Uh, let's let's, uh, let's go down for a, a cup of tea. Posh cup of tea. <laughs> yes, I was going to go there as well. Uh, thank you so much oh, for. That's so gross. Can we just edit out most no, of this? No, I'm leaving it all in. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. oh, but <laughs> if you're you... the worst. <laughs>
Don't forget, you can always tweet us at do go on pod or if you review the show. Man, it, it genuinely it warms your heart, doesn't it, when you see a nice little review there? Yeah, on the iTunes. We have a little group chat and we send each other the screenshots. Look, it's, it's nice. People like us. When people are into it. So thank you very much for everyone who's done that. Or if you want to do that, brighten up our lives. And people have started also to send in suggestions. Yeah. We're always uh, open to suggestions of new topics. Um, if you have any. Oh, yeah. And if you're not on Twitter, do go on pod at gmail.com is the way to get in touch. Or Facebook. We're on Facebook as well. Oh, yeah. My God. We're on all of the things. But thank you so much. I'll be back next week with my report for you guys. We've got two musics in a row. We're going to do three. Backstreet's back. All right. I'm going to stop singing. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, Jess here again. Just a quick little note that uh, the Perth Fringe Festival is on at the moment and Dave's on his way over there in the next couple of days to perform his show Facty Fact versus the Audience. If you like Dave's trivia on this podcast, you will very much enjoy this show. I've seen it before. It's fantastic. It's so good. So make sure you go along. It's on at Noodle Palace in Northbridge and he's also doing a few shows at the Midland Junction Arts Centre and they're running from Feb 4th to 13th. Uh, tickets and info are at fringeworld.com.au and just search Facty Fact and you'll find him that way. So definitely go along and check that out. Uh, All three of us have shows in the Comedy Festival in Melbourne, which is coming up uh, at sort of the end of March. So we'll talk more about that as that gets a bit closer and um, we get less terrified about those shows. So (laughs) make sure you go check Dave out and uh, we'll have heaps more to plug very soon. Bye.